Hello everyone and welcome back to Bristol Walkfest podcast with me, Pommy Harmer. The festival is in full swing and it lasts until the end of the month, so do have a look at the programme and join in some of the walks. In this, our final episode of the series, we're discovering Slow Ways, an organisation that got going during the lockdowns of 2020. It was started by Dan Raven Ellison, who had an epiphany moment while walking the Pilgrim's Way from Salisbury to Winchester, realising we've lost the culture of using footpaths to visit our family and friends, or even just to get to work. And out of that moment, a network of 7,000 slowways has emerged. Later on in the show, I'll be trying one of them out. I'll be walking along the river from the city centre to Hambrook. But before that, let's find out more about slowways from their community stories lead, Syra Niazi. It's a grassroots organisation. We are working to create a national walking network that will connect every village, town and city across Great Britain. We're really keen on getting more people to walk further and for more purposes. And right now we're kind of in this process of getting people to test out some of the routes and a lot of the routes are actually made up using existing paths and trails so we're not creating new paths we're basically we're trying to connect the paths that already exist and make it so that they both connect up two spaces. And how did it all start? So it started during lockdown so we had a whole group of volunteers there was a a hack day in London where people came together to kind of share their ideas and the founder Dan kind of led this hack day and it was all about kind of getting people out walking during lockdown and getting them to connect to their sort of the neighborhood towns and to give them a bit more autonomy to get from A to B and then through then it kind of just spiraled we had over 8,000 volunteers who submitted their own sort of trails connecting up places and then From there, we've just been getting people to actually walk these routes to see if they're actually practical and they're safe, because a lot of these routes were created using online maps. And so, whereas mostly they're they're quite safe and easy to use, you will find that sometimes there's a pothole or one of the path no longer exists or that it's kind of closed off because there's, you know, a gate blocking the way. So it's all about kind of getting people out to actually review these routes. And we need three people to leave positive routes for a route to become verified. And then once it's verified, it gets a snail. And that means that's an official <laughs> verified route on our on our map. <laughs> gets a snail. Yeah. How exciting. So you're using lots of volunteers to test out the routes and, and devise them. And am I right in thinking it's for walkers and cyclists? So the, the routes are mostly aimed at walkers. We do have this kind of this premise. We're not Sustrans, so we're not trying to uh, create cycling routes and some of the routes wouldn't actually be possible to cycle because they've got styles or because they've you know you'll be crossing sort of very minute footbridges and so it is initially just a walking route but there are definitely ways where you'll get sort of the walking route and the cycling route intersecting and joining so you can cycle bits of the route but it's mostly just a a walking network. And during lockdown many of us got out walking more than we have done as you say and the the benefits have been amazing tell me about some of the benefits of slow ways and that's kind of the heart of why you're doing it isn't it there are so so many benefits I mean I guess kind of more well-known benefits of walking is that it keeps you you know healthy it keeps you active it connects you to nature it connects you to each other but conceptually I feel like slow ways is much bigger than that it's about kind of really getting under the skin of different areas and really empowering people to get a better understanding of the local 
local neighbourhoods that make up Great Britain. So for me, it's it's been really, really fascinating. One of the first walks, slowways walks that I did was from Canvey Island to Leon Sea. And Canvey Island is, is really, really different to Leon Sea. You know, it's quite working class. It's, you know, at risk of being flooded. It's got it's really unusual in parts. It's got lots of really, really interesting and rich stories. And it was really powerful to walk from Canvey Island onto Leon Sea, which is a bit more quirky. It's a bit more middle class. It's kind of more well connected to the mainland. And on the way, connecting to lots of different sort of hidden gems and people who are really, really rooted in their area. So I remember I met one man who was sort of recover- in recovery, but he would teach people to wild swim off Three Tree Island. And then I met a local councillor by chance sitting on, on a bench um, overlooking the seafront in Canvey Island. And the, and the bench was dedicated to his father, who had recently passed away. Um, and he talked a lot about sort of uh, the community coming together during lockdown. And then I met a farmer sort of on, on that route. And it was really interesting because all these kind of little stories and micro stories just gave you a big picture of that part of of Great Britain and so for me I guess the benefits are so they're a lot more nuanced than just sort of walking from A to B it's about connecting people but also connecting ideas connecting with nature discovering stories which is kind of the main premise of my job and really kind of empowering people who also might not necessarily drive or, or you know be so keen on taking public transport it's really empowering to know you can walk to the your sort of closest neighborhood and I think during lockdown, a lot of people who wouldn't really consider themselves as walkers got out walking. And so you're seeing a lot more diversity in terms of, you know, the different kinds of people who use walking routes. I guess Sideways is supposed to be a functional walking network. So as well as it being quite recreational, it's also about getting from A to B. You know, it's about maybe how would I get to my, you know, local dentist or how could I get to the hospital one town over? And you'd use slow ways to plan that journey. And we've had quite a few people actually planning very, very long distance journeys from one part of Great Britain to another. So we had a few people walk from London to COP um, in Scotland and they used slow ways to do that. So, you know, you get people planning much bigger pilgrimages, which is, yeah, it's really, really empowering. And it's really powerful to know that, you know, you can actually walk to places places especially because it it feels like our infrastructure is all kind of rooted around roads and railway lines you're right our infrastructure is all or or it all looks as though it's it's sort of set around the roads and rail network but actually we've got this amazing network of old lanes haven't we green lanes holloways drovers roads ancient tracks that lead from place to place and I imagine they form part of some of the slowways. Absolutely yeah I mean I, I think what's really interesting about slowways is they do use lesser known parts as well and you kind of forget that you know 150 200 years ago most people were walking everywhere so it's not a strange default mode of transport it was actually quite universal. So what's the ultimate aim of slowways? How will you know when you've when you've reached it? <laughs> so I guess we'll have a, a fully verified national walking network that will connect up every part of Great Britain so people can walk from town and city and village. I guess that's when we'll know. And I guess also con- conceptually and creatively, we'll have created a network of stories and really interesting, diverse, multi-layered stories of the different kinds of people using slowways and the different purposes they use slowways. And for me, that's kind of at the forefront of my mind and the forefront of my work. And so I'm really keen on engaging people from all sorts of backgrounds, you know, working with marginalized groups, working with groups who face barriers when it comes to accessing routes or countryside or different sort of terrains and to try to reimagine that space and what that could look for them. Absolutely. So you're the community stories person 
for slow ways. You must have collected a lot of stories and found out maybe new stories of how people have used them during lockdown and stories about lockdown and what's happened to people and why they've taken up walking and why they why they're using slow ways. Can you tell us any of those stories? I've discovered quite a few stories just walking on my own in different parts of the country through Slowways. I did a walk in West Yorkshire last was it last month as part of the National Swarm. And uh, just on the way, I just met so many interesting people and I got to kind of share Slowways with them. We're also kind of reaching out to people in that we've been offering collaborations with people who are really, really interesting and have their own kind of art practice and, and, and to get those people to respond to a Slowways in quite a unique and creative way. So quite recently, we got um, Majid Majid, who was the former Lord Mayor of Sheffield, to walk a, a slow ways route in his area. And he discovered lots and lots of parts of the city that, you know, he didn't really uh, know before. And that, for me, is really, really powerful. Someone who's really, really embedded in the community, finding out about slow ways and sharing their own experiences and stories. It, again, it opens it up to other people. And there's something about walking. The pace at which you walk is a natural pace, isn't it? And you do meet people you just don't get that when you're on a bike or a car or a train or a bus. You do meet people, obviously, when you travel on public transport. But there's something about walking, I think, that really connects you to the people and the landscape that you're walking through. In another life, I'm a tour guide, a London tour guide. So I spend a lot of my life kind of creating these wanderings in different parts of the city, connecting up hidden gems. And one walk might cover a sort of a synagogue or a, a local museum or a really interesting burial ground. And if you walk slowly, there's so much you can kind of explore. And um, I guess my take on slow ways is also about kind of walking through, but also tarrying and making sure that you spend some time getting to know that area by talking to people and by making that extra effort of going into a place that you might not necessarily normally go into. What a lovely word, tarrying, because that is really important. People often set out on a walk and they want to get from A to B and I can I can be totally into that. Yeah, it's a bit slower than walking, isn't it? It's wandering. Because people who might not necessarily associate themselves as being a walker, which can be quite a serious and loaded word, they quite like the idea of being a wanderer, which is a little bit more unrestricted and and freeing and it doesn't have as much uh, weight to it. And so finally, tying it to the Bristol Walk Fest, you've got a swarm coming up, haven't you? Tell me about that. That's happening at the end of this month, I believe. That's right. Yeah. A couple of months ago, we launched National Slowway Swarm Weekends. And the idea behind that is to encourage a lot of activity in a short space of time. And so during this weekend, we call out to people to walk their local slowways in an area they'd really love to get to know and to leave a review. Um, and we call it a swarm. So it's this idea of lots and lots of activity <laughs> kind of taking place across the country. But in the first swarm, we were all going to come together in a lovely place in Leeds. But sadly, half the team got COVID and so we had to cancel. But whereas this time we've booked out a lovely little cafe in Cardiff. And so we're going to hopefully be encouraging walkers sort of across Great Britain but mostly across sort of south of Wales to kind of come down and, and to celebrate all things walking and to share their own kind of walking stories and their own kind of learnings from their journeys. So we're really excited about that. OK, so just tell us about the weekend. Which weekend is it? Presumably people can do slow ways anywhere. They don't have to be living in Cardiff. So the Slow Ways weekend is taking place in the last weekend of May, which is the 28th and the 29th. So this time we decided to focus on Wales because we thought it was close enough to Bristol to kind of match up with the with the walking festival. But at the same time, it's kind of decentering the walking festival and, and decentering Bristol, but still kind of tying it in, which we thought would be quite nice in terms of kind of 
creating a whole new energy in a new part of the country that's not been so connected to slow ways and to hopefully share that messaging. Oh, Syrah, thanks so much for coming on to the Bristol Walk Fest and telling us all about slow ways and encouraging people to get out there and walk and connect up to different communities. That's absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much. test out one of the routes, and in this case, one that would work for both walkers and cyclists. Well, here we are at the start of the journey, the start of Bryham 1, Bristol to Hambrook. I'm outside the New Park Cafe in Castle Park in the centre of Bristol, just above where the Froome meets the River Avon. So the River Froome starts in Old Sodbury in the Cotswolds in the Doddington Park Estate, just above Chipping Sodbury, and meanders through the countryside past Yate, Frampton Cottrell, under the M4, under the Ring Road, down through French A to Snuff Mills, past Ikea, and then it goes underground until it reaches here. And it gushes out through the wall and the edge of the park into the River Avon. And I'm going to take the opposite journey and walk five miles out to Hambrook. Hambrook is a little village positioned right in a little triangle between the Ring Road, the M4, and the M32. The route from Castle Park is a very urban one. It leads past the main shopping centre, up Old Market, down to Riverside Walk, sounds idyllic doesn't it but it runs along the M32 motorway up past the first junction and towards the second which is known as the Eastville Junction Eastville Park also the home to Ikea which sits on the spot of Bristol Rovers old ground and when they vacated the place it became a greyhound dog track and a market that's now gone and IKEA has taken over the site. That's the point I'm going to go to next because that's where the River Froome appears out of the ground and starts running freely.
Right, we've reached the mighty store of Ikea. Just by Junction 2 on the M32, this is where the Froome River disappears underground and goes all the way back to where I've just come from, Castle Park. From now on, on the walk, it'll be visible all the way. All the way to Hambrook, actually, where it divides. Hambrook is slightly off the Froome River. The flow of the river is managed at this point before it goes down underground, so there are sluice gates. There's nothing beautiful about the Froome at this point. But that will soon change. In fact, as soon as we cross this roundabout and get into Eastville Park, it'll look bucolic. just reached the car park of Snuff Mills, which is part of the Albury Court Estate. And it's absolutely teeming with birdsong, insects, butterflies. So Snuff Mills, it's about three miles out of the city centre now. And it was called Whitwood Mill. Whitwood Mill was a working mill until the early 20th century. In the 1890s, a six-bladed stone saw was installed and powered by a steam engine. Demolished in the 30s, the mill was tarmacked over and used as a bandstand. And in the 80s, was restored back to its former glory. The water wheel is now turning again and the egg-ended steam boiler can be clearly seen. And the volunteers from the Snuff Mills Action Group have transformed the garden around it into a riot of colour, full of insects and birds at this time of year. Hello. I'm Jean, Jean Davidge. I live in Hannam, but I was actually born in Fishbonds. Myself and my husband were. And um, when we retired, we used to come down here walking an awful lot and could see how the gardens were neglected. And that's how it started. Um, and he did a lot of work. I'm afraid he's passed on now. We've got the glorious tree to his memory there. Oh, lovely. Lovely dogwood. And um, he made all the metal obelisks that are down the bottom and the screen that we've got the wisteria on, things like that. He was an engineer by trade, but he was one of these people who could put his hand to anything. And I've just had open heart surgery a couple of weeks ago. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm back down here. <laughs> and I've always had a love of gardening, but I'm certainly not professional in any way. But I think if you're interested in something, you learn about it. Yeah. So, um, and it's just progressed from there. 
I mean, there's only about five of us now, but that's enough, actually. We work all through the winter, try and get most of the weeds out of the way, and um, we just love it. And we love the people, the comments we get from people, because they all appreciate it so much. Yeah, as I say, I spent my childhood down here, you see. Um, this was our playground, so I loved it down here. And you can keep, keep to the river all the way along, so it's easy, and people in wheelchairs, anything like this, it's possible. I mean, if you want to, you can turn right up further along and go up over the top, and there's quite a nice arboretum up there. Obviously, another cafe up there too. Oh, that's Oldby Court, isn't it? Oldby Court. But it's all part of the Vassal's estate. You know, used to belong to the Vassal family years ago. I think these gardens were um, designed by Repton originally. Yeah, quite famous. Two weeks after Open Arts Century, and here you are gardening. And I'm 80 as well. Oh, you, you're not. Well, you don't look 80. You look incredibly well, considering. Got the scars look to show you have got the scars. How are you feeling? So the path comes off the road here and up onto Frenchay Bridge. Beautiful place, looking over the bridge into the water. Insects buzzing around the trees, which are fully in leaf now. Loads of little lanes and walkways feeding this river valley. So I'm looking towards Frenchay Mill, which was a water-powered 19th century corn mill later became tea gardens and is now converted into houses and flats. One of a few mills all the way along this beautiful Froome Valley walkway. the Froome Valley walkway much? Um, yeah, I'm usually walking, the little fella. I'm usually on the weekend. Okay. And um, did you know that you can go all the way... Hello. He's, he's saying hello. Oh, he's lovely. Oh, he's wet. Yeah. Has he been in the water? Yes. No point having a dog if he's not going in. <laughs> That's the best thing about it. Do you go in with him? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, no. It's a real place for dog walkers, dog isn't it? Yeah. And so how far along here have you ever walked? Um, started at Vassals and just coming up to the other end. I'm going to finish up at Eastfield Park. OK, and then what do you do, get a bus back? Walk home. Oh, you walk back? Yeah. That's the old point. <laughs> have a nice long walk. And do you go any further out? I haven't gone any further out yet. I say yet. But I didn't realise as far as it would go, really. 
It goes all the way to Chipping Sudbury and beyond. Didn't realise it was that far. Nice to meet you. You're very welcome. <laughs> bye bye. This feels like it's where we almost meet the edge of the city. We're on French A Moor now, just going past the old chapel. There are horses in this field. And the Froome is just to the right of me. The Hawthorne is in full flower. And it's a beautiful sunny day. Hello. Hello. Can I chat with you? No. How far are you running? Maybe seven miles. Oh, seems quite a lot to me. Do you run along here a lot? I do run here quite a lot, yeah, I do. It's quite a nice flat route. Away from traffic, but the only bad bit is going up through Frenchie and back down the hill. Ah, oh, yes. Well, choice is up through the field or up the main road. Obviously, the field's the best option. And have you ever run out as far as Hambrook? I've run all the way to Yate. Have you? I have. I've run all the way to Yate and got the bus home, which is really nice to do. We've reached Grange Park in Frenchay, which links Frenchay Common with the footpath again. It's a housing estate, and right at the front of it is a tower. I've just looked it up. Uh, it's currently an electricity substation, but it was a dovecot. It says the electricity substation was originally built as part of a Victorian model farm that occupied the land beside it and was a dovecot. The land was part of the Woodfield House estate. And of course none of these houses would have been here then. And it would have been a footpath extending French A Moor right the way through to the next part of our journey.
My rural tranquillity has been shattered as the path walks me under the M4 motorway. Cars and trucks are thundering overhead. What a place to live. There's a garden here that juts right under the motorway itself. That's quite a spot to live in with that amount of traffic going past 24-7. And this is obviously a very rural little village as we near Hamburg with beautiful stone bridges going over the Froome. reached the end. I'm in Hambrook and as you can hear Hambrook is surrounded by motorways and ring roads. It's sandwiched between a triangle of the M32, the M4 and the ring road that goes around the east part of Bristol. I'm at the coach house, so it was obviously somewhere that people stayed overnight, rested their horses. If you lived in Hambrook, walking back into the city centre is only five miles and you are in beautiful countryside and the whole of the Froome Valley for probably four miles of it in woods high-sided rocky valleys open moorland past two mills and it's only now that I've come out that I'm under the, the motorways the motorway infrastructure that surrounds our cities but it is a stunning route and highly recommended to anybody who wants a slow way into Bristol. Well, that's it for this show. You can find out more about Slowways by visiting their website, slowways.org. Bristol Walkfest is running until the end of the month and you can have a look at the programme yourself by visiting the website, bristolwalkfest.com. This podcast was hosted and produced by me, Pommy Harmer, and this episode was sponsored by Slowways. Thank you so much for listening. Please do share the podcast with your friends and family and leave a review. And remember, you can listen to all five episodes wherever you find your podcasts.